Welcome um, all uh, to this time, those who are here with us physically and those who are online. Um, a question for you today. What, what good news did you hear this week? You know, it's, it's fun to hear good news. Uh, you know, we like hearing good news. Like, I, I passed the test. Um, or uh, the, the bill was paid. Or the, the, the baby is healthy. The, the, the surgery was successful. Uh, FC Cincinnati won. You know, we like hearing good news. Um, what, what good news have you heard recently? I find it sort of intriguing that when I ask for good news, sometimes it takes a little more work to be able to identify good news. Do you find that the case? But, but if I ask for bad news, we're able to sort of just Pop a few things off of our tongue real quick. And I think most of folks, that's the, the case. Uh, I know uh, I've done done some research, which means I Googled something and hit more than one page. That, that's what research is. You go more than the first page off of Google. But if you, you go and look, you find online in social media that bad news travels much faster than good news online. Uh, there's about the same amount of bad news and good news, but it's just good news gets more comments. Good news gets more likes or gets more um, posts uh, and, and uh, sharing. And uh, most folks think, uh, the, the folks that, that study these things, a lot of that is because physiologically we respond faster and quicker to the negative emotions. Anger, fear, anxiety, those catch us the quickest. And so bad news tends to catch us and get an emotional reaction in the moment. And so for, for us, though, we're about good news. And so we're more about going deeper, giving more thoughtful responses um, to, to life. We, we want to be about good news. Now, the, we're going to start a series today in the Gospel of Mark. Now, the all first four books in the New Testament are the Gospel of Mark, uh, Matthew, Luke, and John. Now, this word gospel is one of those church words. You go out there and ask people that don't go to church what gospel means, and they may not know how to spell it, let alone what it means. Uh, but what gospel really means is good news. That is the, the Greek translation of the word we have called gospel is good news. And so Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John are all saying, hey, Jesus is good news. And this is why he is good news. And if we're here saying we're here for the cause of Christ, that we're here to, to worship Jesus, then we ought to be about good news too. So as we walk through this journey together we will explore um, the gospel, the good news of Mark for these next two months. So today we'll be in chapter 1, starting verse 14 and 20, uh, through 20. Let's, uh, it's, you can find it on the screen, you can find it in your pew Bible on page 836, or whatever other form you want to look at it, Mark 1, 14 through 20. Let's pray. Uh, Almighty God, we thank you again for your written word as it speaks to us of your truth. Uh, now, lead us and to, to hear from you, to receive from you. Give us the power even to, to, to take in what you would have for us to say so that it would indeed impact us and, and lead us in the ways of, of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. 
Right, uh, Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 14. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Now, um, we're going to mention the first character is John. And John the Baptist, some of you know, but John the Baptist is the one that, that God sent to as sort of the, the trumpet announcement. Hey, Jesus is coming. Uh, everybody be prepared because the, the anointed one from heaven is coming. And so he's the first name that's, that's mentioned. Verse 14. Now, after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus makes it clear, his opening ordination sermon, he is good news. He's good news because he is God with us. What we celebrate every Christmas is the incarnation, that God becomes flesh and he dwells among us. And he's saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time is now and the place is here. This is the ultimate good news that God lives with us and that we can live with God. That's the message. That's the kingdom of God means this is the way that God wants life to work. You know, we'll pray the Lord's prayer if I remember some uh, towards the end of the service. Uh, But in that prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray thy kingdom come on earth. As it is in heaven. Meaning the kingdom of God is life exactly like God wants it to be. Like it is in heaven. And now Jesus is crashing on the scene and saying, I am the one who's going to live life like God wants us to live in this broken world. The kingdom of God is here. This is good news. We can live with God. God lives among us. And he's not throwing thunderbolts at us. God's not running around uh, trying to find us doing wrong and zapping us into oblivion or forcing us into obedience. God's in our midst and he's one who brings healing. He brings compassion. God is in our midst and he teaches us you, your highest calling is to love. To love me and to love one another. God is in our midst and he's bringing life. This is good news. Maybe that's a little different than than what we expect. But this is how God acts when he walks around us. It was very different than what they were expecting then. And I think it's different than what we really expect to. But if we sit down and not react, anxiety, fear, frustration... Anger, but we go deeper with Jesus, we see one who brings us a totally different way of life. That's cattywampus, it's a technical theological term, 
cattywampus to the ways of the world, to the ways of our families, to the ways of our natural tendencies, to the American dream, to the Chinese dream, to the um, uh, uh, English dream, to the Nigerian dream. It is the ways of the kingdom of God, which is beyond any way of this world. Now, the question, though, for, now, for, for those of us in the church, right, we, we say, as we've been singing and saying, we worship Jesus. We, we get everything else blows, goes to the side, and we want to be about Jesus. And what do we see here? Jesus is about good news. Then, is the church about good news? Is the church good news, even? Is it good news like Jesus is good news? Again, did a little more research. And most of the surveys that I see, and these are by surveys, this, like I said, I, I clicked more than one or two pages on this one. And, and I went to an organization called Barna. And Barna's a Christian run organization. So they're not out trying to throw the church under the bus or anything. They're out trying to get what is going on out there. And they go and survey people who aren't in the church. And they survey people who are in the church. And when they go talk to people who aren't in the church, it's negative about the church. They do not see the church as good news. Matter of fact, about 20% of the people said, oh yeah, the church is a good thing. 80% 80% of the people they talked to that don't go said, well, the, the church actually, I know what they're against. They're, they're against gay people and they're against abortion, but I don't know what they're for. And, and, and they seem to be hypocritical because they seem to be angry all the time. And, and to be quite honest, they're irrelevant to my life. Those were the top three things that, that people said. But there was even a curiosity. That, uh, I'd like to know what they're really for instead of just finding out angrily what they're against. But that's their perception of, of the church. For you, as a follower of Jesus, are you good news? Really, it's a good question to ask. Are you good news in your home? Are you good news in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your community? Because if Jesus is good news, I mean, that's who we should be about. And that's why we gather to, to learn and grow and be transformed to be good news like he's good news. That's what we want to be about. That's, this is why we do things like WizKids. Because we want to be good news in our, in our neighborhood, in our city. WizKids, we partner with City Gospel Mission who runs WizKids, a tutoring organization for school. And we have a, a long-standing relationship with Pleasant Hill Academy School around the corner down the street. That, that we go and we tutor and we mentor with, with children there. And we do that. One of the reasons we do that is to keep children out of jail. You know, 70% of people who are in jail can, cannot read above a fourth grade reading level. So educators and sociologists look at that and they say, hey, one of the things we can do, we, we can educate folks so that they're reading above a fourth grade reading level. And I, I've heard, again, did some research, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't put any money on this one. But some people were saying that there were people who planned prison beds according to fourth grade reading levels. Now, I don't, again, I don't know if that one's true or not, but it makes for a good, interesting thought. But I do know... The, the other things that I shared, 70% of people who are incarcerated have a fourth grade, less than a fourth grade reading level. So if we can simply teach children how to read and write and know their multiplication tables by fourth grade, man, how is that a blessing? How is that good news? 
to those children, to those families, to our city, to our nation, to the world. That, that's good news. That's one of the reasons because we, we want to be good news. In a, you'll be hearing more about WizKids later in the, the service and ways you can participate in that. And we also do interfaith hospitality networks called Found House. And that, that comes alongside families who are currently experiencing homelessness for all different kinds of reasons. And, and uh, a couple of weeks into this month, there'll be uh, families who are uh, finding themselves homeless living in the church building for a week. And we'll be helping provide foods and giving them shelter. And, and being part of a minute, because we want to be good news. And we're good news to these families if they can find shelter. Because that, that is one of the number one needs for children to, to flourish. So, so we want to be good news. Now, Jesus was good news. That we know, and we want to be good news like Jesus. And what we see about good news in Jesus' life is that good news motivates action. Good news activates us to act. Um, uh, as a couple, uh, it was back at the beginning of July. Uh, Kathy and I were headed up to Chicago. The kids were all gathering there, along with my my sister and her family. And you know, July. You remember gas prices in, in July? They were not good news. Um, they, you know, and, and as you got closer to Chicago, it got to be worse news. And, and so we had out our gas buddy. You know, that little, there's an app, Gas Buddy, and you can figure out, it'll tell you the different gas prices that, that as you're going on this road. And we found, that was a misprint, we found gas prices, and this is upwards of, you know, $5 and up was the gas price. We found it for less than $4. Yeah, so we're like, is this true or not? Didn't know. But, and, and it was only a mile off the road. You get, you know, you gotta do that quick calculation. Is it worth 20 miles, uh, to go save 20 cents on gas? Uh, you know, those kind of calculations. This was three cents. It's only a mile off the road. So we get there and we're like, what a deal. And we get there and sure enough, the gas prices were down, but good news motivate, motivated us to action and it motivated half the state of Indiana, uh, to action also. And so we get there, they got seven pumps and they're, each of those pumps are 10 cars deep with ga- gas, with line. So then, but then the other good news, again, there's a ripple effect to good news because the other gas stations around it, they weren't in the $3, they were in the mid 400. So $4 a gallon and they had much shorter lines. So we're like, Hey, this will, this still works. We can spend five minutes. Save 75 cents a gallon, or we can spend 45 minutes and save $1.50 a gallon, and we went with five minutes. Got it, and we went off. But good news causes action. It motivates us and motivates others. And what we see in our passage here is that Jesus calls us to action. He calls all who hear him to action. I am good news, Jesus says. The king, it is, it is here and now. The way that God wants us to live is here and I am He. I am it. I am the kingdom of God. So now, repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe. Now, that word repent, we, uh, in church circles and maybe outside church circles, we get a Bad, a wrong definition of repent. We, we think it's a, an emotional word. You know, it's a, an emotional word like, you know, I gotta get down on, on my knees and I gotta beat myself up. Woe is me. Woe is me. I'm a sinner. Whoa, whoa. I gotta change. We think that's what repent means. No, that's not what repent means. R- repent means you change direction. 
You, you change your priorities. You change your allegiance. That repent has nothing to do with an emotional response of woe is me, woe is me. Repent is saying, I was walking this way and now I'm going to walk this way. I was following the ways of my family. I was following the ways of my country. I was following the ways of my party. I was following the ways of my uh, best understanding. I was following the ways of my favorite video, television show, or, or TikTok video. Now, I'm following the ways of Jesus. That's what repent means. So repent, change directions, and believe. Now believe, another word that we, we think believe means I need to have the right answer. I believe that God is real. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Well, you know, in James, you know what James says about that? He says, that's great. So does the devil. The devil knows God is real. The devil knows that Jesus is the Son of God. The devil knows that, God, that Jesus is the kingdom of God in our hands, but he's not interested in following him. To believe is not a mental assent that Jesus is my Lord. It is a dependence that Jesus is my leader. It is a now willingness to say, I'm giving it all to you. What, 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 what Brandon was just singing about. I'm going to live according to the cause of Jesus. That's repent and believe. See, Jesus was not a turn and burn pa- uh, preacher. You heard that saying before? Turn or burn? Never heard that? Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the ones that say, well, you've got to turn or you're going to burn in hell. That's a turn or burn preacher. What Jesus is saying, no, you need to turn so that you can live according to the ways of the kingdom of God. He's a, he's a turn and live preacher, not a turn or burn preacher. And now he invites us to a lifelong journey of entrusting our lives to him. Now, um, and then at the end, the second paragraph, he gives us an example of that. He gives us an example. He says, now, this is, this is Jesus' message. We've just encapsulated the message of Mark right there in, in Mark's, just those two sentences. That's what this story is about. This story is about us. It got Jesus coming on the scene, inviting any and all to turn and live with him. To, to, and be on a journey now of being committed to being, uh, to living according to the character and the commands of Jesus. And that's what the, that's what he's going to be doing. That's what, the, that's what he's calling the church, the church to be. That's what he's calling us to be. We are now turning. We're turning from all the other ways, all the other priorities, all the other allegiances. They now are nothing compared to following Jesus. And we're committed totally to being formed by the character and commands of him. So he goes to, uh, he comes up to, to Andrew and, and to, to Simon and also to James and John here. And what, what we see there, what is enacted there is re- re- repent and believe in, in real time. Now it's interesting, you know, that, that somehow they've encountered Jesus in some way. That we don't, Mark doesn't give us a lot of details. That's why it's a nice short book. He just tells us this is what happens. And Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus gives his most frequent his most frequent invitation, follow me. It's another way of saying, turn and live. Follow me. 
And what do we see with them? In both cases, what do they do? They drop it all. They, they put it all down. And they follow him. Now, it's another question for us to explore. What, what do we still hold on to? If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, what is it you're still holding on to? Way too many Jesus followers I know this day hold, hold their country too strongly. Way too many Jesus followers I know hold their political commitments too strongly. They hold them as equal to Jesus. I've had people leave the church because of politics. I'm fine with people leave the church if they say, you're not preaching the word of God according to Jesus. Uh, I'm fine with people saying, you know, we're, we're not really promoting the good news enough. That, that's, that, what, what is it you're holding on to that you've made equal to Jesus that keeps you from following him fully? What, what, are, what are those things? Because the, these guys, they, they show, they drop it all. Now, don't, don't take this particular passage uh, as a whole and say, okay, that means if I'm following Jesus, I've got to quit my job, leave my family, all the rest. That, that's not what happens. You'll, you keep reading the story and you find out, no, th- this, this is a metaphor. This is a symbol for this notion of saying, Jesus is the center of my life. Because here's the problem. These disciples th- th- and, and you and I, we never get it totally right. Jesus is always working on us in some way. What's another question? What's he working on in your life? If if you can't come up with something, then that means either either you're not listening or you're perfect. (laughs) So what's he working on in your life? I, I know for me, what he's working on in my life is to make God my audience and no one else. And part of the main thing, and then making then love my central motivation in everything that I do. He's been working on that. It's not fun. It's not a fun thing. But, but it's good. It's a really good thing. That, that's, that's what Jesus is about. And that's why we have growth groups. You know, I've told you, told you before, if there's one thing you go to, you go to growth groups because it's when you get with small groups of people, just like Jesus did here. Jesus pulled together small groups of people here. He called them by pairs and then pulled them together and said, now let's talk about life together. Let's talk about life with me together. And it's in that setting that we really fulfill the purpose that Jesus has for us to follow him, to be Committed to to be transformed according to Jesus' commands and Jesus' character. That happens in small groups. And we're about to start the church-wide growth groups. Uh, you can go online. You'll see information. A way to get in a small group where well, you'll talk about, get together one day during the week, and you talk about the text that we talked about on Sunday. And how's it applying in your life? Gives you a way to answer some of these questions that I've asked. Are you good news? What's Jesus working on you? Um, what, with others that helps to give support and accountability. Just, just like what happened here with them. Now, um, for, for some of you, what, uh, you're here and you're just inquiring. You're, you're just trying to check out. Maybe you're online, maybe you just walked in, um, because, um, you, you, you came with grandma or something. Who, who knows why that you're here? But maybe the, the, you've got some questions about Jesus. And you're curious about him. Well, here is uh, what he, he doesn't say clean your act up. 
He doesn't say, well, you got to do this, this. He just says, follow me. Come hang with me. Come hang with Jesus. And what I invite you to do, if that's your case today, then just walk with us these next two months. Let's go through the Gospel of Mark or or on your own as you get intrigued. Start to read the other Gospels and Matthew and John and Luke and all the beginning of the New Testament. And just hang out with Jesus and find out that Jesus truly is good news. For those, though, that claim to be following Jesus. Remember those questions. Let those questions be a part of your own discussion, your own lunch gatherings today. How are you good news? How, 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 is, how is Jesus, how, how is Jesus transform, making you into good news? Like he told them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You see, it's not that I got to go work on doing these things. I got to follow Jesus and let Jesus will start to work on me and you. How's he working on you according to his commands and his character? And what are the things maybe that you're holding on to? You let them go, but maybe you've picked them back up. They're maybe more focused on anger and anxiety and fear than they are love and compassion and faith. But what are those things maybe you need to let go of? Let's pray. Uh, Almighty God, we do give you thanks for Jesus, that he is good news. And Lord, we we want your church to be good news because we want your name to be glorified. And all right, we want others, we want to be an appropriate witness uh, so that others will see Jesus in us and know that he is good news. We, we pray particularly today for, for the church around the world. Lord, we pray for the church in Ukraine. That, that they, in the midst of such bad news, they would be good news because of your supernatural, miraculous power at work in them. We pray for the church that's persecuted around the world, particularly in China and North Korea and Pakistan and in other parts where <clears throat> they are imprisoned for following you. They are thrown out of their families. They lose their job. That's a whole lot of bad news. But yet you are good news. Lord, may may they be a witness to you in the midst of such horrific storms and troubles. And Lord, we we lift up to you the the ways that we seek to to be good news, whether it's through WizKids, whether it's through the Internet Interfaith Hospitality Network, whether it's through the other ministries of the church, through Jesus University, through the Sunday school classes. Ways that we uh, seek to be good news. Lord, empower us in what we do and what we say and who we are for your glory. And Lord, we, we also give you thanks this day. We give you thanks for uh, the, the Sour's new grandbaby who was born. And we continue and we lift up uh, uh, and give you thanks uh, for her. And Lord, we continue to lift up Jesse and Morgan as they um, uh, and little baby Geo as he continues in intensive care. And Lord, for other other needs, other health needs that are around us, emotional needs, spiritual needs, relational needs, Lord, you, you command us to come and to ask and to seek. So we bring them before you at this time.
Now, Lord, we pray you would meet us as we gather at this table. We, we need you to, to fill us. We need you to strengthen us um, as we gather at this table. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.